0: class but want to give a thank you to brother alex and sister grace uh, for taking our kids to conference and uh, we would have had even more kids that have been able to go had it not been for sickness and things of that nature but we pray that in the future perhaps maybe next year they'll be able to go next year once again nyc will be over uh thanksgiving uh, wednesday thursday and friday again at the same location at the gaylord opryland hotel in nashville tennessee and that will be a great great time Amen, and so we're looking forward to that already. A year separated from it, but we're thankful for them uh, taking our kids to and from. And uh, I don't know if he'll see this or not. One also, no, I'm, I'm not talking about him. I'm, I'm segwaying from him now. Uh, also, uh, being that our, our our van, we really need to sell and get another one. Uh, Pastor Tony Frederick allowed us to borrow his van uh, for going, and he may not see this. Uh, he may. I don't know. You never know about him. But we want to be thankful to Brother Frederick for the use of his church van and allowing us to be able to do that he didn't i mean yes came out of his mouth although almost whenever i was not even done asking the question he was already saying yes and so we appreciate him uh, allowing us to use that and uh, you know keep us from making it didn't have to make no knee jerk hurried you know purchase or anything like that and helping us in that i appreciate that wholeheartedly and to all of those that were there at nyc we Jen and, and, and Tyler came up on Wednesday night, drove up there to be in service and such. And so we are so thankful unto them, amen, and the support of those that were there. Luke chapter number six, Luke chapter number six, we're going to begin with verse number verse number 12. I can see all of your faces this morning. Whenever you're standing on the platform of NYC, you see nothing but lights and fog. I guarantee you don't see faces, you don't see anything. You don't see anyone. I'm telling you the truth. You do not see anyone unless you go like this. You saw me do that a few times just so I could see people. Amen. But uh, I didn't see all of you today. Amen. Luke chapter number six. Last Sunday, I spoke a few times about prayer, and I'm continuing in the vein of that. And evidently, that is the vein where I need to be. Our superintendent told us whenever he stood before all of us the other night concerning his vision for the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ of the coming year and incorporated in that was a rededication and a recommitment back to prayer. And so if that's the voice of our superintendent, then I just feel like I'm just right where I need to be in talking about prayer. And so I'm going to talk about it again today. I might talk about it till you get sick of me talking about it. Be like that one minister he preached on, John three sixteen for five services in a row. Like when you go get off that, he said, when you get it. <laughs> and so, anyway, Psalm 6 and verse number 12, and or not Psalms, Luke. And it came to pass in those days that he, this is speaking of Jesus, went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James and Judas Iscariot which also was the traitor amen and so this is speaking of Jesus this is speaking about prayer amen somewhat and I want to talk very simply about a prayer life a prayer life amen can we go to the lord in prayer amen today god we're so thankful today Lord, that we have this chance and the opportunity. God, we don't want to fail to be mindful, Lord, of you. God, you're able, Jesus, God, to work, Lord, in the affairs of mankind. Lord, and we want, Lord Jesus, to invite you, Lord, into this service, into this, Lord, lesson, into our individual lives. Lord, day by day, help us, God, Jesus, to be conscious of you and all these things in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen, and the church say amen. Amen, you may be seated this morning hallelujah in jesus name jesus throughout uh, new testament scripture oft times sought a place of solitude to pray he would at times separate himself from the crowds and from the people and from whatever was going on uh, in the moment to find a place in the position of solitude minimizing distraction and have prayer And this was difficult, of course, from him. I know uh, today we can throw up our uh, excuses or maybe reasons would be a less invasive word of why we don't find a place or time for prayers because there's just so much to do within our day. So many things that demand our attention. So many people that need us. Well, no, well, that was very difficult for the Lord too. There's always someone that's wanting to talk to him or touch him or have his uh, impression in their life. And so it was difficult since people were constantly vying for his attention, for him to have time to get away and hew out a spot and pray as well well even there were times even that he was attempting to rest that the people were thronging him and and wanting his attention and so he, he would all times resort to mountainous areas and that became his prayer closet that became his place of prayer he frequented them according to scripture as we read through the gospels there were times that he prayed early in the morning the scripture says there were times that he prayed uh, The the bible terms it like this in the king james a great before day so even before the cresting of the sun and there are other times that he prayed late at night or as in this particular chapter and setting the scripture all through the night and so he in the mountain here is spending a he's having an all-night prayer meeting he just and it's just just him he's having an all-night prayer meeting by himself and on the following day He calls a multitude of the disciples together. Not just the 12, but a multitude. There are several people in Scripture that were known as disciples. A disciple is just a learner. It's a pupil, uh, someone that is being taught. And so he had this multitude of disciples that came to himself. But then out of that multitude, uh, he chose the 12 uh, apostles, as they are spoken of here in chapter number 6. And when we consider the gospel of Luke in itself, there is no other gospel uh with the with with the frequency of prayer mentioned any more than the gospel of luke you can read matthew and mark and john and you read prayer mentioned there as well but the gospel of luke mentions this subject matter of prayer more than any other gospel it's more prominent there they all, all all three four of these men matthew mark luke and john had of course different audiences that they were speaking to or writing to when they wrote their particular gospels and many of them have the same stories that's in one you can find in another and so maybe one time one of them highlights the idea that prayer was there another one that doesn't mention it but nonetheless luke mentions it Prayers are specifically talked about and mentioned throughout the gospel of Luke. And for that matter, they are carefully shown and they are carefully mentioned and showcased in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ within the gospel of Luke. And that being the case, when you see in Luke, you read of Jesus, and times Luke is talking about Jesus praying. I believe that emphasizes then for us people who are supposed to be Christians, Christ-like, that if Luke is coupling this times of prayer and showcasing the Lord's prayer throughout the gospel, I believe that is a lesson then to be learned that if we are to be Christians and Christ-like, then prayer must be an integral part of our lives as well. As a matter of fact, Luke records, he records Jesus that he prayed. Jesus prayed at at his own baptism. He prayed according to Luke whenever before he asked the disciples the question they were gathered together this is the question he asked he asked them who say the people that i am before he ever asked that question the bible says he had been praying the bible in luke says that jesus whenever he went to the mount of transfiguration and he had peter and john and such with him he went up there the bible says while he prayed he was transfigured again indicating the prayers of jesus it even says that jesus in his praying taught his disciples how to pray that he was praying. It was in his praying then that his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so in his praying, he taught his disciples how to pray. Amen. Jesus concerning prayer taught us that it was through prayer is the way in which we persist. Prayer was the way in which we safeguard ourselves from temptation. Amen. All of this is found in the gospel of Luke. And when if we look at this and we see where prayer crops up in the life of Jesus in this gospel, and other gospels, we can almost see prayer as an antidote or as an answer to things that we face you know, uh, prayer before baptism, or uh, when the scribes and Pharisees are seeking after his life, he's going to pray, or all these different things. We almost look at prayer and say, well, okay, so prayer prayer is is okay, or it's acceptable, or when you should pray is whenever you need an answer, or when you should pray is whenever you, 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 you need it to face hard struggling times. In other words, if you're near fainting on your journey, then that's the time that we should pray or if you're feeling pressure of temptation in your life, that's a great time to pray. And while I agree this morning, those are excellent times to pray. Excellent times to pray whenever you're in trouble and you're feeling temptation breathe down your neck and whenever you're facing some very uncertain times, that, that's excellent advice and applicable for times to pray. But we must also step back a little further and understand that prayer is not a band-aid. It is not a use-it-as-you-need-it product. Right? It's not trouble, okay, pray then. That's, that's, that's not what it does. Uh, for instance, we could easily interpret the prayer of Jesus in verse number 12 in our scripture setting uh, with uh, a couple of different ways or, or for his praying being for a couple different reasons. First, please note a few things had happened to him prior to this prayer. There's been a few things happened between him and the scribes and the Pharisees prior to this prayer. As a matter of fact, Jesus, some people were mad at him the scribes and Pharisees were mad at him. He he had done some things on the Sabbath day. His disciples had ate corn on the Sabbath day. They had grabbed some grains and they had rubbed it between their hands and he had also healed a withered man on the Sabbath day and so uh, the scribes and Pharisees had some man-made Sabbath laws that Jesus kind of messed with a little bit. He trifled with a little bit and as a result of that uh, they're upset at him. This is what the Bible says in verse 11 before our text the morning of Luke, Luke six eleven, and they were filled with madness and communed one with another that what they might do to Jesus and so he's got scribes and Pharisees mad at him and then we come to verse number 12 and it came to pass in those days that he went into a mountain to pray and so if you were to just look at verse 11 and then verse 12 we would say well Jesus is praying because he's feeling some of the heat some from, from some religious rulers that have man made laws that he's kind of messing with a little bit uh, we read that Jesus prayed his prayer is seen as a response no doubt to their madness as a result of them being upset with him amen and that isn't a lousy perspective I think that's great man if someone that's a good response if someone's upset with you pray huh rather than retaliate with verbiage Pray, that's not a lousy perspective. That'd be an excellent way for us to practice to live our lives, amen. Uh, Somebody having a, a little tiff or a little angry set, amen, especially whenever it's over trivial things, which is what Jesus was dealing with, pray about it. You know, the old song says, you can talk about me as much as you please. I'll talk about you when I'm on my knees. Pray about it. Pray about it. However, that's one way you could view the reason for Jesus' praying. Another reason you could view Jesus praying could be seen because as he is praying right after this, he is going to choose the 12 apostles. Jesus could be praying perhaps for direction, right? In what apostles, which ones should be the ones uh, that should be chosen? After this prayer session, he will choose the 12 of Peter and James and John. And so looking at those verses, a person could view his prayer time as preparation for a decision that needed to be made. Preparation for a decision that needed to be made about this inner core of people that was going to be around him, that he was going to invest three and a half years of his life and ministry into. And again, the there is no injury to that viewpoint. I think it's tremendous that people take time to pray before major decisions in their lives for guidance and direction, nothing wrong with that at all. No harm in that. As a matter of fact, we encourage we encourage that. Amen. Amen to do so. No injury to scripture with either of these viewpoints of Jesus praying because someone was mad or praying because he was doing it for the direction or, or preparations for the direction of the right choice. But with this type of view, either one, someone could then just very easily survey scripture, even Luke, and walk away believing every major decision or every crisis in the life of Jesus was preceded by prayer. And there's no harm in that. But I ask you this today. Does it appear like that because that's the way it was or does it appear that way because Jesus just simply gave his life to prayer we may pick up on the fact oh well that's what happened before a decision or that's what happened because someone was saying or that's what's happened whenever there was a struggle or that's, that's but could it be that Jesus just led a life of prayer and when there was struggle he prayed and when there was a struggle, he prayed. That when he had a major decision to make, he prayed. And when he didn't, he prayed. We in very, if we don't watch it, we'll look at it and say, this is where prayer applies. But what if, if it's prayer applies always? And we just see these different episodes that pop up in the life of Jesus where he's just still praying. Amen. Amen. Because I believe in scripture, what we have is not moments of time of it just telling us this is the right time to pray. I believe scripture is very replete in telling us that there's never a wrong time to pray. Or saying it like this, it's always the right time to pray. The scripture supports not a certain season or time, but that it is a lifestyle. Prayer needs to become a way of life. We see it sometimes Jesus had people mad at him, so he prayed, or we see it that Jesus had some choices to make, so he prayed about them. But what if his prayers were not reactions to his circumstances, his prayers were not reactions to the events of his life, but prayer was just a part of his life? Amen. Amen. Uh, Sometimes we're like, we're looking for the prescription, right? We're looking for the prescription. When do you pray? Right. It's almost like the lawyer You're asking, uh, who is my neighbor? They're wanting the, the written out prescription. Just let me know when and where it applies and I'll apply it when and where we're looking for the prescription, you know. So we, we look through there. Oh, Jesus prayed when he was baptized. There's one prescription. Right. Prayer, prayer. And, 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 and when you pray. He was transformed. Okay, if you're looking for transformation, pray. Right? The prescription. Pray, teach others, et cetera, et cetera. And I believe all that. And I believe all that is applicable. But the prescription is not a season or time or a circumstance. The remedy or the prescription is always. Luke chapter number 18 and verse number 1 states these words. And he, speaking of Jesus, spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. The parable urged them that the the end the capstone the meaning the flavor of the parable is that men ought always to pray they should not skip offering their prayers they should not neglect offering their prayers they ought everybody say ought they ought always it is our our duty it is our responsibility we ought always to do it do it daily and not shirk from the responsibility of prayer Uh, I don't have to give you a prescription, and I tell you when you're sick, pray. No, just pray, and if you keep doing that, it'll overlap sometime when you're sick. (laughs) I don't have to tell you to pray whenever hard circumstances come. If you keep praying, hard circumstances will overlap sometime while you're praying. Amen. It's just the way that it is. As a matter of fact, in our world today, uh, and there's probably just a very few minuscule, but by and large, every religion encourages the act of prayer daily. Every religion. Now, they're not praying to our God. They're praying to other gods. They're praying to idols. They're praying to a lot of different things. But almost every religion in the world encourages the act of daily prayer. The person may change, the object that they are praying to may change, but the the, the fact of the matter is they all encourage the act of daily prayer. And I think then that should just in the minds of humanity understand that even through the eyes of humanity, regardless of what God is being served, there is a high view of the importance of prayer to people's quote-unquote religions and the mechanics of everyday life as a matter of fact both uh, still yet today thank god for it you know you better be glad again that you're an american you live in the good old usa still today both houses of congress the senate and the house of representatives have a chaplain that enter into each of those separate chambers amen daily and opens the senate and the house of representatives guess what with prayer In 1787, Benjamin Franklin suggested that each day of the Constitutional Convention be opened in prayer, saying this is what Benjamin said. He said, the longer I live, the convincing proofs I see of the truth that God governs in the affairs of men. Amen. Listen, it's not that God just governs the affairs of our government, but the day-to-day government of our individual lives. God governs the affairs of men, and it's important that we speak to him. Paul admonished them at Thessalonica. He said this in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray. It's a very short verse. Pray. I think the verse before it says rejoice evermore or something to that effect. And the next verse says pray without ceasing why because if god directs the affairs of life then i need him right? If he is the director and the uh, the conductor of life, it would be good to have him lean in on my life and the affairs that go on within my life. Prayer. Amen, folks. This morning, we've said this before, but I'm going to be an old horn today that's sounding an old thing. Prayer is one way that we show our dependency and display our dependency upon God. God. Prayer doesn't mean you have it all together. Prayer is your understanding. You don't and that's the reason why you're praying. Amen. We pray for daily bread because we know that we couldn't secure it by ourselves. We pray because we know we can't live this life on our own and when we believe we can, that arrogance come over us and guess what happens? Something shows up that drives us to our need that shows us to realize you do need me. Your next breath is in the very palm of my hand and I can snatch it at any moment. Right. Yeah. Amen. Prayer shows our dependency upon God. And whenever we start lacking prayer, we get under this great deception that we can do it without him. Yeah. Amen. We can do it without him. And see, that's the reason why things then enter life sometimes that is totally beyond our scope. We don't have enough money to pay for it. We don't have a doctor good enough to cure it. You know what that is? A reminder. You still need me. You still need me. My dependency upon him. Isn't it amazing that we don't pray sometimes unless we perceive that we need God? Huh? So I'm, I've been praying. I really need the Lord. You needed him before that ever happened. You, <laughs> you 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 needed him before that i know you think that was your own grease that was oiling the mechanism but it wasn't it was god all the other times of my life amen life life life's happening you think life is happening for you without his intervention think life is really going on for you without his help I'm telling you, we are sadly mistaken if that's what we think. We need the Lord, and we need a prayer life, because if he's directing the affairs, I want him daily helping direct the affairs of Paul McGee. I'm telling you right now. And here's another thing. When we talk about prayer, yeah, it's supplication, and it's thanksgiving, and it's petition to God. All those things fall under the umbrella of prayer. But there's something else we must understand about prayer. Prayer is a form of worship. Prayer is a form of worship. You might not see it like that. But the time that you spend in prayer is worship. It is. Because here's the fact of the matter. When you choose to spend time with God in prayer, when you make that choice to do that, you have decided not to spend time on something else or with someone else Therefore, you've elevated him above those other things and those other people and he is the sole object of your attention. That's worship. Elevating him above, giving priority to him above everything else, folks. In essence, that is worship. When you pray, you are worshiping because you're showing his priority to you his priority to your life you elevated him above the chores that need to be done right now you're elevating him above you know because here's what goes in the mind I I, I can't really do this because I got this this and this to do I'll do it later later never comes it never gets done why because you didn't worship him in prayer you elevate him above that the You might not get the laundry done today, it might get done tomorrow. But I would rather have, amen, him elevated and esteemed in my life today than put off. Huh? Because laundry's just a temporal thing, but he's an eternal thing. Laundry never helped me out of anywhere. It left me unclothed a few times, but no, I'm just saying. It is, in essence, worship. And pray and hear the prayer of Jesus Prayer of Jesus here in our text. Notice, he's prayed all night, and that's a lot within itself. But he prayed all night before he chose the apostles. Yes, he did have a life of prayer. But this, yes, I, I agree that this scenario here seems a little unique than most. This is just not, this is an all-night prayer meeting. All right. Uh, this is not even something that Jesus practiced every day, all-night prayer meetings. Seven days a week, 12 months out of the year. No, 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 no. So this is unique because it lasted all through the night. As a matter of fact, there is no no other uh, lengthy prayer, any more lengthy than this one attributed to Jesus, than this one right here, of him praying this all-night session uh, before choosing those that would help carry forth God's will in this present moment and in the moment to come after he would have died been buried and ascended even to the heavens because he's getting a group of people together that's going to carry his work forward and so he's praying and he's going to choose these apostles that's going to help uh, support and undergird the will of God in his own life and even after he is gone and here is the amazing thing for me because when we talk about prayer 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 helps discover, uh, it it, it helps expose, it helps facilitate the will of God and purpose and mission in our lives. I say that because I say this, Jesus knew, because he chose the 12 apostles, right? Right here, as we see. Jesus knew, and one of them he chose was Judas, right? Jesus knew Judas. We know according to scripture that Jesus knew Judas would be the one to betray him from the beginning he knew this it's not like he was blindsided he knew this from the very beginning John 6 64 bears this out but there are some of you that believe not Jesus said for Jesus knew this is scripture from the beginning who they were that believe not and who should betray him he knew from the beginning amen that Judas would betray him and so whenever he had the statements coming from his mouth." out of all these disciples, and he's commissioning Peter and John and Bartholomew and Matthew and Judas. Choosing Judas was no mistake for Jesus. Now listen to me. Here's the reason why I'm talking about this. He knew, he prayed and he knew, and so in our minds we're like, why in the world? Would you choose Judas? Now, he's different from us. He prays and he knew. We pray, we don't know. (laughs) I believe Jesus set this for us as humanity as an example and wanted us to realize that prayer directs choices in our lives, with the most profitable outcomes, not always the most comfortable ones. Let that settle in for a moment. Judas, profitable? Yeah, but wasn't really comfortable. Prayer helps. Prayer helps align our choices or verifies, if you will, our intentions that they're according to the will of God. I choose, I we prayed all night and we chose Judas. What in the world? <laughs> well, Judas was a part of the plan of God. He was part of the will of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 3 and verse number 5 trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Six, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Prayer is our means of not leaning on ourselves again, but leaning on our Lord. Not leaning on our understanding, right? Not on our understanding. Because with understanding, no one would have chose Judas. any of us, I would say, okay, I'll leave you out. I, I wouldn't have. With understanding, I would not ch- have chosen Jesus, Judas. But prayer is one way in which we acknowledge God. And I say it's one way because there's other ways we acknowledge him, we acknowledge him with our attitudes, with our actions, and so on and so forth. But have you ever heard someone say, well, they didn't acknowledge me. You know what you're saying usually whenever you say that? Well, they didn't acknowledge me. You're referencing the fact that they didn't say something to you. That's really usually what you're getting at. It's not like they gave you the wink or, you know, the eyebrows raised. It's usually they didn't say something to you. All of our ways we need to acknowledge him. We need to speak. Amen. Unto the Lord. This approach then, the Bible says in verse 6 of Proverbs 3, then he shall direct our paths. He shall direct our paths. Unless we believe, and here's, here's the false idea, unless we believe that our ways are, are, are directed by him and those ways that are directed by him include a paved interstate highway with no ruts in the road and no hos and, and all of that with no bumps, then we are fools uh, because Judas was chosen as an apostle. He prayed, and yet Judas the traitor was chosen. And I'll say this today, a better prayer from Jesus wouldn't have changed that. A more complex prayer from Jesus would not have changed that. Because it was God's will for Jesus to have a traitor in the group of his 12. And I say this morning, you know, when we look at this and we look at the story of Jesus and Judas, and you know this, but Judas is very instrumental Very instrumental then in the mission that Jesus came for, right? He's very instrumental in that. So I guess what I'm getting at is this. Prayer doesn't doesn't exempt us from frustration. Prayer doesn't exempt us from fear. Prayer doesn't exempt us from opposition. But what prayer does is invite God's will. And here's the awesome thing about prayer it invites God's will, which sometimes may not may not be what we would choose for ourselves. Right? If we knew the mechanics of it, if we knew what was coming down the pike, right? We'd probably never choose that for ourselves, but that's the way God's will sometimes. The ultimate thing is, though, is it working out its mission and purpose for the overall bird's eye view of my life? Hmm? Right? and sometimes it includes traitors sometimes it includes Judases. and prayer though allows that wheel It conditions us to let that will we pray. I mean, who would pray for Judas to be a part of their life? No one. But God's will sought in prayer, invited a Judas, which helped fulfill the ultimate purpose of Christ Jesus. You need prayer and you need to pray because by doing so, through prayer, you'll invite things in your life that in your humanity you wouldn't normally invite into your life. Uh Uh-huh. And although it may seem when it arrives, gloom, doom, and despair, and woe is me, it's really helping you to become what God wants you to be. Amen. I would dare to say this morning, since we know the whole story and the whole picture, nobody here today would dismiss Judas from the 12. Nobody would push the traitor out if they knew Calvary was canceled as a result of it. someone say amen and so genuine prayer will allow things into your life that you'd never invite with a human understanding you'd never invite with a human awareness Jesus did because he's God manifested in the flesh and he's given us an example he's shown how these things become realized in our own lives and so we got to acknowledge him in prayer because again that helps us steer away from leaning on our understanding Uh, we see that even in scripture in the old testament many of you know uh, bible story of of Gideon and Gideon prays to God and Gideon even makes his fleece as it's called before the Lord you know Lord if if you're going to be and help me in this victory if you're going to help me win over the Midianites let tonight water be upon the fleece but on the ground all around it let it be dry and it was so and then you know. Gideon was a doubter like much of us. That's not good enough. God, let's switch it up tonight just to make sure, right? And he says, if you'll you'll make it wet on the ground and dry on the fleece, I know that you're gonna be there to fight with us in force. And it was so, just as Gideon said. And so he prayed into the Lord for verification that God would save Israel by his hand. Well, Gideon, you were praying And whenever you pray, it just kind of sets things and invites things of God's will of your life into alignment. And may I say, Gideon prayed, and here's what prayer did for Gideon. Prayer invited the reduction of his army. (laughs) Prayer invited the reduction of his army. No one, not any veteran soldier, would agree to such a thing. as You know what? I think we need to reduce the numbers. We got too many people with swords and shields. We need to reduce the numbers of the art. That doesn't make sense to our human understanding. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't figure out right on paper, you know, when you see how many they have and you see how they have. But the paths are directed by the Lord when we pray. Our understanding doesn't have to be included in the equation whenever we pray our understanding isn't necessary when we pray amen what I'm saying is this prayer prayer will say you have too many when Gideon already felt like he was the least you know prayer will do that amen and then we we we, we, we fold on over in these lives of prayer look at verse number 12 again we fold on over in these lives of prayer look what the Bible says speaking of Jesus and continued all night in prayer to God. That phrase, continued all night in prayer to God, uh, scholars say in prayer to God has a very unusual Greek construct in its grammar and language that it could be translated in the prayer of God. That he continued all night in prayer to God could be translated, he, he continued all night in the prayer of God. Now remember, everybody doing okay? Remember Jesus had... Jesus Christ had two natures. He had the divine nature, he had a human nature. Remember? We see this in Scripture play out in several. If you'll just allow me here for a moment, he has two natures. In John 8:40, Jesus Christ is described as a man. In John 20, 28, he is described as God. In John 8:57, he is described as not yet being 50 years old. In Micah 5:2, he's described as being eternal. In Luke 2:16, he's described as being a babe. In Mark two ten, he's described as being on earth. And in John three thirteen, Jesus is described as being in heaven. In Isaiah 9, 6, he's called the mighty God. In Hebrews 5, 8, he is spoken of as learning. But in John 21, 17, he's spoken of as knowing all. <laughs> two natures. How can you be learning and knowing all? Because on your human nature side, you're learning. But on the divine side, you know all. In 2 Corinthians thirteen forty, he's described as being weak, but in Revelations 1.8, he's described as the Almighty. Hey, Amen. There are two natures of Jesus Christ. In Luke 22.41, the Bible describes Jesus Christ that he prayed. In John 14.14, 14, it describes him that he answered prayer. Two natures. And so it seems that Jesus began here in Luke 6. He began to pray as a mortal man. Right? He prays to God. We see that in John 17 as well, the high priestly prayer. He's praying to God, but somewhere along the way, he slipped into the realm of his other nature, from human nature to the nature of God. His prayer to God transmuted into the prayer of God. And so there's a very similar thing that happens even to us that's been born again of the water and the spirit that have the spirit of God dwelling in us, the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit, because we, by virtue of being filled with the Holy Ghost, really have two spirits. We have our human spirit as described in scripture, but we also have the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God in us. And our prayer sometimes to God in our human spirit becomes our prayer of God because we're praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Romans 8 and verse 26 and 27, it says, likewise, the Spirit, that's that Holy Spirit, that Holy Ghost, also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Amen. There's sometimes you just don't, I'm not saying you don't know what to pray about certain things in particular. I mean, how do you really, do you pray that God take them? Do you pray that God heal them? You just don't know what you ought to pray. But the Bible says, but the Spirit, if you've been born again of the water and the Spirit, and you've got the Spirit, the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when we pray, praying in the Spirit is praying in the Holy Spirit. We, 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 there's an intercession that takes place and it is the Spirit of God inside of us interceding for us, for the saints. It's making intercession for the saints. And note, it's doing it according to God's will for us. According to God's will for our lives, here's the important thing a lot of times and we've preached about this and said this But this helped me hit me strongly just yesterday We talked about praying in the spirit and interceding in the spirit Oh when you do that you're praying about things for other people that they don't even that that you don't even know And you don't not even aware of and I've taught that and I preach that whenever the spirit begins to pray through you You're you're praying about needs that maybe you not, might not even be aware about or outcomes that need to happen That you're not aware of and all of that is good and fun but I think we need to take ownership of these two verses for us first because it says the spirit is making intercession for us it's been making intercession for the saints when you pray in the spirit the spirit is making intercession for even you what I'm saying, it's not that the Spirit is just crying out for, you know, Sister Annie over here that has this going on, and knows the Spirit knows exactly what needs to take place, and so you're praying in tongues according to what needs to take place there. No, no, no. Things in your own life. Things in your own life. When you pray in the Spirit, it breaks the veil of your human understanding, and it's asking and requesting and seeking the perfect will of God for your own life. Oh, Woo, my goodness, you say, that's dangerous. No, that's very helpful because the Spirit will say things that I wouldn't say in my human flesh. The Spirit will ask things to be invited in Paul McGee's life that I would never invite in. But God's will was at work. And brother Fred, consequently, I need God's will every day. Huh? Every day choices I make, the places I go, the way in which I handle myself. I need that every day. I need a prayer life. And I urge you that when you go to prayer, yes. There's nothing wrong with it. The apostle Paul spoke about it. There were times that he prayed with his understanding. And there were other times he did not. What's he speaking about? There's times he prayed in English with his mindset, understanding what he said. And there were other times he didn't pray with his understanding. Why? He wasn't leaning on his understanding. He was acknowledging God and praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit. And we need both. We need both because just the moment I think I got a circumstance figured out how it needs to go. The spirit might want to throw a traitor in the mix. Hmm. The spirit might want to throw a traitor in the mix, a, a curveball, if you will, something that goes beyond my mind's understanding. And when we do this, it's kind of back like what the scripture there in Proverbs said, uh, verse number five. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. (laughs) Woo. Right? Because there's a certain element of faith and trust anyway, right? To give your mouth and your tongue over to speak in the other tongues. And so when you pray in tongues, you are in a trust mode. Right? So we trust him with all of our heart. Look, Jude 1 and verse number 20. There's only one chapter in Jude anyway. Should have told you go to chapter 3 and verse 20. Turn to right now. and Just listen to the pages until they stop. <laughs> but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. The faith that is spoken of here, the faith that is mentioned is our profession it's our system of beliefs that it's speaking about building up yourselves on your most holy faith building up yourself on your your system of belief on your sound doctrine on those things that you subscribe to according to god's word we are built upon does not even the bible tell us that we are built upon uh, the apostles and the prophets jesus christ himself being the chief cornerstone we are built upon the sound doctrines of our Faith and Jude says one means by which we are built upon these things, become established and secure upon these things, is by praying in the Holy Ghost. I state it like this: a prayer life helps establish and further our Christian experience beyond just being foundation. It builds something on it. Amen. Because once again, repentance, baptism, and filling the Holy Ghost, that's my birth certificate. I still have growth. Hmm. A prayer life helps you go from birth to growing and maturing. Upon those foundational principles of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself being the cheap cornerstone, we are built up as we pray. Listen to that. Do you understand that? You're built up. We build up ourselves when we participate in praying, particularly praying in the Holy Ghost. Stand with me this morning, a prayer life. Stand, please. The necessity of a prayer life then is evident here and in other places. Prayer is correlated with and mentioned alongside again several different aspects of jesus's life times and things that were going on and that was happening mainly and primarily because that's not when he used it but he constantly practiced prayer and so they just overlapped these different episodes in his life prayer again is another form of worship elevating him with that time when you're denying anything else or attention to anything Else, and it helps again facilitate God's will in your life. It'll bring, it'll bring it'll allow the traitor and invite the traitor in your life that in your human understanding you would not invite. It opens our lives, prayer opens our lives to praying and interceding according to God's will in the spirit. Hmm? You got to go to that place, wherever it may be, you got to take the time to pray. Amen. You got to take the time to speak to God. And doing so, it will help push heaven's agenda for your life. Heaven's agenda for your life. It will help push heaven's agenda into your life. And you will build on what you've been born into. Maintaining a life of prayer. Mark my words. I challenge you. I challenge this church. Everybody hearing the sound of my voice. Take 30 days and attempt to pray every day and see what starts spin telling in your life and in the life of this church. You know, they have the 30 day challenge, K level, listen to Christian meeting for 30 days, all that. I'm telling you, take 30 days and be persistent in prayer and see how life is, how you feel, how you connect when you come here, and what happens around here. It changes. It changes. Reverend. I know whenever I've, when I'm missing the mark, when I'm hitting the mark. Concerning prayer. I know when I've not been as sincere at it as I should be. Or I've missed here and there. It's, I see it reflected in my life. I see it reflected in my life. And we can try to uh, pawn it off and reason it off that this is why that's happened. When it really comes down to I'm just not involving the one who created me in the process of my life. Amen. It is vitally essential to your. If 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 you look around sometimes and, and is everybody okay? You look around sometimes. You're like, man, I just I don't like you know the, the people that are sick and people that's no longer here and I don't like you know uh, pray, pray, pray. I I, I know it sounds like you know. You know Brother McGee, you and your dad only have one drum to hit. And you just, oh, yeah, prayer, bing, bing, same old gong. But that's how essential it is. A life of prayer. I'm not giving you a prescription of prayer this morning, except it be always. (laughs) Uh, You know, there's some medications you're going to take because you got an infection in your body. And you're going to be on this antibiotic for 10 days. But then there's other of us that you're going to be on some things for the rest of your life. And whenever it gets to the end, there's already another refill waiting for you. Let me tell you, this is a always. You want a prescription? It is a always. And you're not allowed to get off this until the doctor tells you otherwise. And what happens whenever the thyroid medication is not quite right? The Johnsons. It shows up in your life. Don't feel the same. Other things start going wrong. My prescription is always. Always a prayer life. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, I come to you this morning. God, we need you, Lord Jesus, in this place. God, we don't want prayer to be a, a, a pastime or just, Lord, a as needed something that we, Lord, pull off the shelf in the moment. God, we want prayer to be a lifestyle. God, as you would have it to be for our lives. God, there is nothing negative that comes about, Lord, through our process of prayer. Is there sacrifice involved? Yes. Lord, is, does it mean denying some other things for periods of time? Yes. But, Lord, the benefits, the payout, the the the, the building up, Lord, of, of it in our lives, the things that invites that we would not under our own understanding or knowledge invite ourselves but God as it's helping to push the wheel of the agenda of God in our lives God though it may seem traumatic at times if the overall arching purpose and mission of it is advancing me forward in my growth for the kingdom God then I need that in my life Lord I cast my care upon you Lord my dependence is squarely upon you Lord we do not walk through this life on our own God God we we are not Lord Jesus the commanders of our own army or the captains of our own ship God we need you God and our prayer is a Display It's a cry for that dependence God upon you. I want you today God in the life Lord of these families in the life of this church. God we cannot operate or function properly or according to your will without it. We can operate and function but it won't be to Lord Jesus the intention of your will and the desire of your spirit unless we pray. I pray oh God today minister to each and every household and family. God let someone accept the challenge of giving 30 days to prayer and see Lord Jesus and feel and experience Lord the change the difference the alteration God that prayer can make in their life when they lean upon the Lord rather than leaning upon themselves God we love you and praise you and thank you God for being with us today we magnify your holy name in Jesus Christ that I pray in the church say amen Amen, amen. Please come back tonight. Amen. Don't forget Wednesday, Esther, Thursday prayer. Prayer on Thursday. Amen. Deny some things on Thursday and give a little bit of time, amen, to some collective prayer with one another as we're finishing out this this year. Amen. God bless you in Jesus name.